0: It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not why bother, son. A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father
1: to your child. Be a father to your child.
0: This is KGB. What up is DJ E F N. Yo, what's good? This is Manny Digital. Welcome. Happy New Year. Fatherhood's are back. What's good, y'all? I was
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Kay to do something, but he's like, nah. <laughs> you
0: guys
1: you guys held it down. <laughs> yo,
0: K, K was like a deer in headlights right now. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> right, y'all did anything crazy for the holidays?
2: Bro, I'm on baby mode still. Like, actually, I have a question for y'all. And I've been asking a couple people. When your kids were babies or toddlers, did you guys do anything on New Year's? And if you did, did you take them? And if you took, you know, like, did you keep them up for the New Year? What did you
1: guys do? Mm, Nah. I've stopped doing stuff on New Year's. I think the only thing that we remotely do is we might go over to a friend's house and bring them with us and then we'll cook and just hang out there super low-key and um as far as keeping them up so we're on the west coast so what we'll do is we'll keep them up until nine o'clock and watch the ball drop on the east coast time uh, and then oh well you like, have that luxury yeah yeah and then we're like all right happy new year let's go to bed <laughs> 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 then we're done for, for okay. super, super low-key
0: we we've played the middle. I think we've we've tried when they're toddlers it's rough. So we we've we've done two things. We've tried not to partake, which never works out cuz because of the age differences between the kids, the you know with the oldest, she's always like, "Yo, what's up? Like we got to do something." So the other two kind of have to fall in line with that. But we tried to like, you know when my son was born, there was only two at the time. We tried to Make it so that we went to sleep early, but that was a clusterfuck. So then we moved on, and just what we do now, and we've been doing, is um, sleeping in as late as possible the day of, which means going to sleep really late the day, almost like a practice run the night before, oh, th- wow. the thirty first, right? Then sleep in, take have the two little ones take a nap late in the day, like six five six p.m. And then we're ready to go for, you know, the, the turn of, of time there to the
1: new year. Can your five-year-old actually sleep in? My six-year-old? or six-year-old?
0: No. He does not, like, he, he's really difficult for him to sleep past 7 a.m. no matter what time he wake, uh, goes to bed.
1: Yeah, same here. He goes to bed late, he's still up early, and then he's cranky because he didn't get enough sleep.
0: Yes. Does Does he cry? Like, when he's... Mad tired. Does he start like some sometimes
1: he'll get yeah, like little things all of a sudden will set him off and he starts getting emotional. (laughs) We're like, all right, you're just overtired. Like you're
0: that shit drives me fucking nuts, but that's exactly what it is. It's they're just super tired.
1: Yeah, he gets he gets uh get definitely gets off for sure. That that's why my girl is like
2: militant about our baby's uh, sleeping patterns because being that you know she's usually with her. My daughter gets super cranky if she doesn't get a good nap. Uh, You know, her good sleep period, but even the the midday nap has to happen. It has to be a good one. And that's just, you know, for New Year's, we just, I I mean, I was okay with it. I've been veering away from a lot of New Year's stuff in my own life, period, without kids, without anything, just because New Year's is just, you know, historically is just, why start the new year all hungover and
0: yeah and up. be
2: out there in, in in the wild west? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but uh, but yeah, I told her. I mean, let's just put her to sleep normal. Let her go to sleep. She doesn't even really the concept of New Year doesn't make sense to her anyways right now. Um. So yeah, there's no point, you know. And she went to sleep. And then two a, a couple a friend of ours is a couple. They um actually their New Year's plans fell through, so they ended up coming through, and we just like quietly had a couple beers and watched the the ball drop and you know and had some pizza and that was our new year's eve. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of
0: yo think, that's kind of nice though. Like No, no,
2: I am I'm, I'm cool with it.
0: Yeah, it's I mean it's really gratifying like I, I we didn't have it that way, but our our get together was really small. Like there was you know my cousin, his wife and kids came, my mom and my brother were here and then us, right. we're a family of five. So that's relatively small. We you know had a little music, all that stuff, so it was a little louder than your environment but like i i kind of want what you just described i just want to chill watch the ball drop fucking in my pjs throw maybe a little champagne down the throat and then bounce off the bed we go
2: actually this segues into something else that i have a question about and i might have brought it up before if i have just let me know and we'll keep it moving but uh my girls really really like you know, she's like I said, she's really about militant about the sleep sleeping habits and, and making sure that the schedule's there for sleep, which I totally get. But f- from before we had the baby and when the baby was born, I was always like telling her, I think we should just be like the noise in the house should always maintain how it's always been so that the baby gets used to, uh, you know, those noises and can sleep through it. And in the be- beginning, it seemed like it was fine, but I forgot what she told me the other day, but. As of, like, the past, you know, several months, my girl's just, like, any noise being made, she's, like, fucking furious about it. Like, you know, like, me coughing? Forget about it. I get evil eye left and right for <laughs> coughing. You know, I'm like, I'm like, what, can I breathe? Am I allowed to breathe? Am I breathing too loud? You know, like, when our friends were here, you know, like, if we started laughing too loud at one point, she's, like, looking at everybody, like, and we're like, oh, shit. You know, like, if the dog, well, the big one is the dog barking if anybody comes to the door and she, you know, goes ape shit. So... My thing is this, and I've asked a couple other people and and they've kind of said that, you know, you're supposed you should just be as loud as possible when the baby's sleeping and when the kids are sleeping so that they can sleep through that and be used to it
1: no matter what. I don't know if that's possible.
2: Right. No, I mean
1: you my, know my you know what I, mean? Is, I mean just think about like our own selves sleeping. And if someone's being loud as shit, <laughs> you know, we're gonna wake up. So I mean, why, I'm I'm wondering why we expect Kids to be able to sleep through mad noise. You don't
2: think there's a like a sorry man, but you don't think there's a middle ground like, like for example, my girl lived she she for all her life she lived in a in a house, um where it wasn't connected to anybody. For most of my life, I've lived in an apartment or a town home, yeah. where I've been connected. So it actually hearing noises like my girl when she hears noises, she kind of like freaks out a little bit. Yeah, hearing noises for me is comforting. I always felt like there was. Like I was never alone because <laughs> there was my neighbors and I, they were making noise. So it's comforting to me. And silence is sometimes awkward for me. So I can sleep through noise better Um, in that sense. So I feel like there's a middle ground. Like I don't think that we as adults in the house should, should not be able to move and function the way we normally do in the house. You know, like now, of course, we can't we shouldn't be screaming we shouldn't be making stupid noises that are going to wake up the baby right right but right. I don't think we should be tippy-toeing because then that that in, that you know it, it it doesn't like what is what's the word i'm looking for
1: like it disables us from our daily lives of getting things done now i agree um, with you on the i agree with you on the middle ground i mean i i can sleep through loud noise again it kind of just depends on what is the loud noise if it's someone screaming outside then that's harder to uh to sleep through probably than you know traffic car traffic or street noises that kind of stuff right. i mean and it's also it's also your kid like how to how does you know how does your kid react when Not they wake up sleeper. yeah and how, you know are, are they is it easy to get them back to sleep again i mean like no. in, in my mind in my mindset going into you know becoming no. a parent we talked about this before it's like oh i'm not gonna you know i don't we don't need to change anything the way we act in the house or you know we're just going to be normal and all that kind of stuff but then but then you do have to make some concessions it's like especially if you know like all right well shit if if uh, you know i'm probably going to have to be a little quieter because if if he wakes up he's not going to go back to sleep for another two or three hours. And then I'm definitely not getting shit done at the, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know anything that I need to do it in, in the evening. So, you know, it's give and take a little bit.
0: I, I'm totally in agreement. I don't know the science behind any of this shit, but I, ha- I, from my personal experience, I feel like what you just described E is the right way to do it. If, if you want them to have to, you know, get accustomed to normal life, right? Cause you can't, like you said, like that's just not reality. You can't tiptoe your whole life while somebody's asleep. Now, I'm I'm a very light sleeper, and that and that's crazy because I was raised right in, like, literally across the street from my my apartment building. There was a fire fire engine, uh, whatever fire engine fire station. Yeah, fire station. So it was two. There was a hook and a ladder that was coming out of there all hours of the night, blaring sirens, and. You know, we have forward-facing <laughs> windows. So our apartment was getting all that noise. And I got accustomed to it. But then after I left, the, right. the, you know, I, my sensitivities, I guess. You adjusted
2: to the, the
0: silence. The more quiet type of life, yeah. So, But I can sleep through a ton of shit once I'm asleep. To get me to sleep takes a little bit of time. So my kids, actually, I'm lucky in the fact that we subscribe to, to that. Like, just don't go crazy, but like you know normal noise is is fine and they all can deal with regular house noise without a problem so do it
3: yeah
1: yeah you, i'm going to take a picture of, of my girl's evil eye <laughs> <laughs> the evil look she gives like all right well here's here's the question and I, maybe we know the answer to, because of the evil eye but is is your girl the one who has to put your daughter back to sleep when she wakes up or do you have to do it as now, well No, i would say you know
2: more times than not she's the one but it's not even this okay it's not even about putting her back to sleep because the truth is once she wakes up at least now like you know everything changes right in, in this age so there, there is times we put her back to sleep and it, it was fine but now she doesn't go back to sleep yeah you know once she wakes up she's like really wakes up she's up Um, we'll, we'll what like, we'll look at the monitor and and we'll try to like silence the house and and we'll see. And sometimes she'll put herself back to sleep, but more times than not, she stays up. And my girl's thing is not so much about who's putting her back to sleep is who's going to be dealing with her throughout the day more often. And it's my girl. And then my daughter's in a bad mood now. Right. And that's the issue. My, my girl is more like, you know, I want to have, you know, I want her to be in a good mood when we're at, when we're, you know, throughout the day. And that means the better sleep she gets, the better mood my daughter will be in, which I get it.
0: makes sense.
2: I just want there to be a middle ground because sometimes I'm just like, yo, this is exaggerated, bro. Or if like, <laughs> if I'm sick and I'm coughing, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> right. I go, why don't you buy me? I told her that buy me the Ostr- the astronaut uh, <laughs> mask with oxygen coming in AC, you know, and that way no one hears me and it's soundproof. Fuck it. <laughs> Let me like, ask you, what do you want me to
0: do? Let me ask you this. When you guys are looking at the monitor and she wakes up, when do you guys, you know, run to her?
2: No, no, we, we, we wait. You wait, we wait a good, a good while, like a good 20, 30 minutes, you know, as long as she's not crying. Okay. Our whole thing is as long as she's not crying, because my daughter will wake up and she starts talking jibber jabbish and she's having conversations with herself and, and she's looking at her little stuffed animal in the crib and playing so as long as she's not crying we're fine we'll see we're like hopefully she goes back to sleep and and a lot of times she does but um but a lot of times she doesn't so (laughs) is her room dark that's the other problem during the day uh it's not um it's pretty bright in there and that's that's the issue mainly during the, the the midday nap that once she wakes up it's too bright in her room and then she just starts to look at everything and she just gets, she gets inspired and she wakes up.
0: Yo, them blackout curtains. The I, I mean, I have too.
2: these bootleg blackout joints that I bought. They're like these cardboard accordion, like paper accordion joints oh. that I put behind the, the, the blinds. <laughs> they the, did not work out.
0: The ñoque barato joints.
2: Basically, bro. <laughs> it, it was pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty bootleg, but, um, but now, uh, you know, we're gonna get, we're gonna invest in some real deal joints.
0: Yeah, I think I think that'll change everything. Cause we, I we, think so too. We had that like my son, like, you know, back to my son being like the super super woke child wakes up crack of dawn every day. The blackout curtains actually extended it by like an hour, which saved us a whole ton of hurt. Cause it'll be six five thirty six a.m. sometimes on a random day, and yeah. we'd be like on a weekend too. I'm be like, what the fuck, bro? Like, chill. So that just saves lives.
2: What about soundproofing the room? You, any, any, you guys done that? Nah. Because mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it. I'll take the studio into the room. Like I'll fucking soundproof that bitch. And she, <laughs> you know, she won't hear anything, you know what I'm saying?
0: Again, <laughs> back back to the original thing. That's not real life.
2: <laughs> no, it's not real life. You can't soundproof your life. I mean, you can't.
1: But, so- the, but the idea that your girl has about uh, just consistent sleep patterns, sleep habits i definitely believe in that i mean no, no. i believe in it I mean, you can, I mean you can't always it's not like you're always going to be able to get him to sleep at the exact same time but i did notice like with my son he's got like a threshold you know there's his his bedtime is generally between seven thirty and 8 you know we try to get things moving in that direction it's not like he always falls asleep at eight, 8 o'clock but if he's right. in bed by then and it, you know it's headed towards sleep and we're reading and all that kind of stuff he's got that it's almost like a 30 minute window between seven thirty and 8 too much after that then it be, then he becomes overtired and then but he doesn't take midday naps right nah, no, no no okay. we actually had to stop the mid we had to stop him doing the, the naps probably when he was three or four maybe okay yeah, yeah, I think three, that's when
2: three we or four. Good to know.
1: Yeah, three or four because he he wasn't able to. Um, he would take a nap, and then all of a sudden, he would be. Uh, he'd be he wouldn't be able to fall asleep until like ten o'clock at night, something like that.
0: Yeah, that sucks. Who's
1: whose vibrators popping? Pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's
0: my phone going off. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let let me ask you guys this before. So like when we go out. <clears throat> And, you know, we go out with the kids. Dinner, I guess, is usually, like, the, the good example. Um, we we, we want to have a good time, obviously, right? We're going out. doesn't happen often with the whole family. We want the kids to behave, eat, do what they got to do so that things just are chill and we can, you know, enjoy the night. But then there are the, these moments where, especially with my three-year-old, she starts to bug out and and I'll use bug out might be strong but she'll you know act a little bit more rambunctious than we have the tolerance for in that setting right and we I I get I get really frustrated and I checked myself not that long ago like I was looking at the way I was moving with her like handling the situation and I realized it was more I was more disciplining out of uh, what what I call um, embarrassment, right? I was I was disciplining more out of embarrassment of what I think everybody else is saying, versus my you know just my kid and how she's really behaving, truly behaving, right. which in reality wasn't crazy. Like you know how you got those kids that are throwing shit or like uh, you know uh, annoying the table next to you. It wasn't that kind of party. It was just her. She wanted like crayons or something, and we weren't giving it right. to
1: her. You want to make it look like you're uh, a parent on top, being on top of your shit, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and I came to that realization. I was like, "Yo, why am I like?" I check, you know, I check myself. I was like, "Why? Why am I doing this? Like, is it really that serious?" And and I realized I was like, "Yo, I'm just I'm worried about what everybody else thinks." So I'm looking at the situation. I'm like, "Damn, how many other parents?" are doing this shit and maybe not even realizing they're doing it, right? Like, I don't know how you guys handle it when you're out, but that, it kind of struck me, something I've been doing, I guess, forever, but it, it just hit me now that I'm like, yo, this is probably not the best way to handle it.
1: Um, Go ahead, Kay. No, I was just going to say there's probably a lot of, there's probably a lot of parents, myself included, who've probably done that without thinking about it, but just like, oh, man, you know, I, Yeah. But do yeah I'm trying to, I'm trying I'm trying to think back if if that's But yeah I, I could see probably a lot of people do that like but, you you know you want even if you don't think your kid is doing something super bad but you want to make it you want to just you're out in public and you want to make make folks feel like you have it under control Yeah you, you know where I'm like that It's not I'm I'm good with
2: her being loud like I I feel I I mean I maybe my girl has a different opinion of it but i'm pretty all right with her kind of screaming a little bit or or being loud that doesn't bother me too much in my mind i'm like hey you know people this is life like it is what it is i'm in a public place but the one place where i do see myself kind of being a little bit like overbearing and kind of like trying to be like i guess out of embarrassment how you said is when she's like roaming i'm not good at that like my girl's really good at letting our daughter roam And go up to people. I'm not, like, I'm very uncomfortable with Uh, her going up to people, going up to other people's kids, you know, grabbing stuff from people. My girl is kind of like how I feel, like, about her being loud. Like, it is what it is. You know, my my girl's just like, hey, it's a little kid and, you know, toddler. And, and, you know, you're going to let them be free. You can't keep them cooped up the whole time. And sometimes they're going to walk up to people and you would hope that people understand that. And that's the way my girls kind of take on it is where I'm just like, n- like, no, 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 no. Uh, Amelia, give them give, you know, personal space, personal space, you know, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. No, no, don't touch. don't touch, oh, no, Give that back. Give that back. You know, that's me because I'm just uncomfortable with it.
0: I've, I'm the same. I'm the same in that respect. I, I'm actually working on that in particular because to your, to your lady's point, you, that's part of how they're, you know, they're inquisitive Always, but especially when right. they're really young, right? So, like, you can't, you, you try, you got to try not to handicap them in that in that space. But it's it's an embarrassment thing again because I I was brought up like, you know, you know, respect this and that's sometimes it can border disrespect. It's like, yo, you grab some shit from somebody without asking, that's that's a violation. You open somebody's refrigerator, that's a violation. Like those kinds right. of things. So that, I struggle with that too.
2: But is it embarrassment because? This is my my kind of little take on it too. Is like I don't want her to grow up thinking walking up to strangers is okay, because there might be a stranger that is just definitely not okay. Mm. And also, like you know, the, the interaction with people, like you know, the, I don't know, like taking someone making uh, taking something off of another kid. Or for example, the other day we went to uh, we were somewhere, and it was really cute. She interacted with some kids that were a little older than her. And they were all talking, and they grabbed her hand, and they were walking with her. But then they started, one little girl took her off, like, just, they (laughs) went off running. And, you know, I'm right behind them. Like, I'm not going (laughs) to let them keep just go. And so I'm there, like, I don't give a damn if I look like I'm an (laughs) open-bearing parent. I'm going to follow them. Like, they were, like, going. They were gone. So I'm walking. And then the little girl that's with my daughter Picks her up like if she's a baby. Oh,
0: I, I hate that shit.
2: And I'm like, oh, like what do I, like I'm like, I'm like, be careful, be careful. And I, and my thing is like, I'm not like my whole thing is I don't want no other parent to talk to my kid, and I and I don't want to talk to their kid. Like, yeah, that's my take on it. Like I'm gonna, I'm, a, I am gonna go and stop my kid, and I expect you to do the same. And this this little girl's like holding my daughter like with one leg up in the air and like halfway, and I'm like, oh, if she trips, they're you know my daughter's gonna. You know, hit the hit the dirt and and it's gonna be bad, you know. And but and but my daughter's not crying, she's not tripping, she's just like like just there, like just dealing with it. And um and I'm just like following them, like, oh my god, I hope they don't the girl doesn't fall and she's like losing her grip. But finally, like when she as she was like completely losing her grip, she like put her down. But I was like, nah man, like why does it have to get to that point? Like don't talk or touch anyone. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) You're the child in a bubble. <laughs>
1: I'm with it's it. A little I, personal space.
2: I hear that. Yeah, I'm gonna build clothing that has like these spikes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, like it'll just start popping out when somebody tries to lift her.
2: No, no, it's there. Like she can't, she can't move towards anybody, and they can't come close to her. It <laughs> creates the barrier.
1: <laughs> Yo.
2: So okay, yes. you guys, so you guys, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I right? No, I... no,
1: you're the same. I, I, I chase after. I Oh no, the chase after. for sure. The yeah, chase for I'm sure. following. I'm chasing.
0: No, I'm, I'm just yo. I mean, I've, <coughs> I've been known to tell a kid
1: off when shit
0: gets too crazy.
1: So it, it is uncomfortable when you have to tell some. Yeah, hey, I don't want to have to
2: deal with that. To cool man. out. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to have to. You know, you tell the kid. Okay, for I mean, I'm not going to use probably cool out when I tell the kid that, but I, you tell the kid anything, then, and nobody's around, no adult, and then that kid wants to cry because they just felt like you, you know, shut them down, then go off and tell the parent, eh, bad man. Then I think I did something else. Like, I don't want to deal with that crap, too. <laughs> bad man,
0: mama. Ah. <laughs> uh. Shall we bring in uh, our our, our guest?
1: Yeah, is it, is it guest it. time? All right, all right. So tonight on the Fatherhoods podcast, we got the People's Champ, the legendary Paul Wall from H Town. Give it up. Yeah, it's
3: good. It's
1: good. good.
3: What are you? Are you in H Town right now, Paul? Yeah. Oh, okay. I am on the okay. north the north side. All right. So Paul, you got
1: uh you have two kids, right? From from
3: Yeah, I have two, yeah. My son, he's thirteen and my daughter she just turned twelve.
1: Okay, good ages. Yeah. Back to back. So you had so you had kids and you were, I guess, kinda knee deep in 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 your career at that point with uh with a lot of a lot of stuff going on just with the uh, every the scene on Houston and all that good stuff. How how was that for you? Was that a was that a balancing act? Was that something that uh helped keep you grounded? How did you deal with 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 balancing your your family and and everything that's going on musically?
3: My whole career was really just a dream come true. Uh you know what I'm saying just to be able to pursue my dreams to doing what i love and with people that i admire and look up to me i mean that i that i look up to that, that, that inspired me uh you know to be able to work with those type of people that was you know my that was my dream come true so to have a family be married and have kids you know that's something that, that also was a dream of mine it was a dream come true so it, it, it for sure was something that was like kind of unbelievable but something you always hope to have but you're not sure you you know you don't I, I never had confidence that I'd ever be successful in music just because it's such a long shot and even with marriage and kids it seemed like a long shot 50% of marriages end in divorce and most of the friends I knew you know including myself had some type of dysfunction going on at home so you know what I'm saying it just was something that, for me to be a, a proud parent, proud, proud husband, you know what I'm saying? It's something I, I really, I really look forward to just as much or even more so in the, uh, in the music career. But it, it for sure was a, I would say a balancing act. Cause within the music industry or just in, in a lot of industries in general, when it's, you know, like, like that, it's so much facade and so much, you know, smoke and mirrors going on, but to, you know, to be married and have kids that, you know, are a part of me, you know, come from me that I also can teach and just that—that that is the most meaningful of all that mean more than any other type of success, more than a hit song or platinum record or anything like that.
0: You mentioned something that we often go back and talk about um on this show, and, and that is kind of your upbringing and your family dynamic coming up. Like, could you tell us a little bit about how you grew up, what your parental situation was and some of those moments?
3: Yeah, I had a, um, I was blessed to have a, a, a mother that, that that was a teacher for 20-plus years, almost 30 years. So her and my grandfather as well, her dad, he was an educator as well. Um, when he came out of the Army, he served in the military. After that, he, he became an educator. So education was something that was always important, uh, you know, taught to us, being a – his uh, m- my grandfather, his family came from North Carolina, where they grew up in extreme poverty. So the only way to get out of the poverty was to get an education. So that's something he truly believed. So when he joined the military, he used the military to earn an education, and then he became a, a, a educator as well. And my mother, she became an educator as well, a teacher. So that was something that was always real important. You know, always taught to me, that, you know, just education, and not not necessarily a. a a, a scholars education of uh, you know going to school but just life education that was yeah, just, just learning your shit yeah right right a, a cultural education not just from the books but from meeting people in real life Um, that's from my mother's side now my father's side my biological father I really didn't know or and still don't know too much about his side of the family just being it I haven't seen him since I was Six years old, um, but wow. you know, he he had a what I do know of him. He was a, a drug addict, he was addicted to heroin, he was an alcoholic, uh, he was a child molester. Uh, I, I believe, um, the, the last that I saw him, he had ended up kidnapping a girl, and it, it's a really a crazy story, man, but wow. it's, it's all factual, man. Rest in peace to whoever this girl is. He uh, he kidnapped this girl and and took her to, to Canada, they ended up. Getting caught, and uh, they sent her back home to live with her biological father. And they sent him back. He he ended up. I don't know if he went to jail for it or whatever. This before there was a uh, uh, any uh, 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 sex re- sex offender registry. Mm. But the girl, she ended up going back to live with her biological father, who was molesting her as well, oh, and shit. she ended up killing herself. Damn. It's it's Damn. a funny story, but that's this, terrible. This a girl. This this something where a girl was twelve years old, dressed up with a wig and makeup on, and I'm, you know, five years old, going to spend the weekends at my uh, my, my biological dad's house, and I don't know, you know, I'm five years old, I don't know, I'm he like yeah, that's my new girlfriend, and it's a uh, it's a little girl, wow, crazy yeah. uh, but anyway, other than that, you know, um when when all of that happened, he got real behind on his um, child support payments, and my mom had remarried. So we took him to court to, uh, uh, to separate our custodial rights. And my, my stepdad ended up adopting me as his own and my biological father, he couldn't do anything to fight it cause he didn't have the money to, to back child support. And it just wouldn't, uh, the, the judge granted anyway, What anyway, make a long story short, my uh, stepfather adopted me. And, uh, from there he, you know, he was a, uh, I looked at him as, a, you know, being a, a good man who taught me what being a man was all about, taught me what hard work was all about. So I kind of had a, uh, you know what I'm saying, a good and a bad through a, a lot of my childhood of experiencing some craziness and some crazy shit, but at the same time, having a positive role model right there to, to you know, and my mom and my stepfather to, to kind of show me and teach me what, you know what I'm saying, what, what life is all about, what's important to you, what, you know, what it takes and what it makes me, to be a proud man, or uh, I, I, you know, one of the things I strive for is to make my parents proud, and make my wife and my kids proud. You know what I'm saying? So, and everything that I do. So, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, that's my uh, my, that's my childhood in under thirty seconds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Big up to your Step Pop's for real. <laughs> yeah, and your mom's too. But for you know, for him to step up, that was that was real. You know
0: what what feel, I f- yeah. what I find um fascinating in this story? Well, there's a lot. Um, shit's kind of unbelievable. So I know I know you've been in the acting game a little bit. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping there's a movie or some shit because this shit is like, it's got all the cinematic qualities. I feel like. But you, you had you were fortunate. I mean, unfortunately, you had that you know father situation. But fortunately, you had two seems like strong male figures in your life, right? Your grandfather, you mentioned, and also your your stepdad. Yeah did, did so. you did you ever feel that need for your biological given that you had these two two pre you know men in your life as well?
3: Nah, I I, I didn't at all. Um there might been there might have been like a, a sense of pain of a child wanting, you know, to know his father to yeah, have a know, connection. Think, say
2: what? No, that you probably wanted you know, the connection to your father when you was a kid.
3: We had a back, I thought you said we had a back connection. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that too, yeah. that too, though. <laughs> there might have been that, you know, at an earlier stage, but I think as I grew, as I grew, I'm, I mean, my mother, she, she was molested by her grandfather on both sides of her family. Wow. So that was, I look at every stage of my life as being something that is a path that was set before me before I even walked it, you know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened with it, I, I accepted it very early on as this is what's meant to be. So, I mean, not that he would have molested me or something like cause He wasn't molesting boys, he was molesting girls. But maybe he would have molested my sister if we would have continued to be living there or something like that. I don't know, but I, I definitely didn't want to be around that. He's a drug addict and child molester. I don't want that as a father, even if it is my father. I don't want to be around that because that's going to lead me down a path of destruction as well. But, I, you know, I'm a firm believer in that God removed me from that situation to protect me or to lead me down a different path. So, I, I you know, some of those feelings of, you know, whatever the bad feelings were, they were I mean, I, they 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 brushed away real quick. Um, and just I, I was I felt strongly that I had a path that was meant for me to go down. And it's something, you know, these type of things are something that I was aware of. Already because of this is something my mom instilled in me. She was a, a real, real spiritual person. Uh, and it was just something that she instilled in me. And I, and I think being that she herself was molested uh, and she also was raped by somebody, man, she my mama got a crazy, man, my whole, man, it's, it's really a crazy story. It's like really unbelievable. Um, but she, uh, you know, being. That, that was something we were aware of, you know what I'm saying, that those type of things, that's how kind of, my that's how my biological father kind of sought out my mom. He didn't molest her, and no, then they was like around the same age, but, you know, my, she, he preyed on the fact that my mom was, I guess would be naive or was, I don't know, it was just, a lot of this was crazy, man, it, but I, I accepted it for what it was, and, and I didn't question it at all, like why me or why this, it just was, a. you know, I, I also was somebody who, I saw a lot of people around me who had it worse, you know, in one way or another. And, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm, I'm a from I'm I'm a very grateful person, and so whatever comes my way, I accept it as this is what's meant for me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna complain about because it, it could be worse. You know? That's for sure. Shit. Yep.
0: That's a, that's yo if, that's a great way to look at. It. Yeah. That's yeah. the that's the best positive spin I ever heard, bro. Cause she she's crazy.
1: You teach seminars to to look at it that way yeah hey t- talking about drugs real quick um, so I, this past year we definitely lost a lot of yeah. young upcoming artists um, and a lot of it was linked to just a variety of of drug use and there's a lot of uh, the music nowadays that there's a there's a lot of uh you know just references to all kinds of drug use since you you have you know, younger kids um, that are coming into teenage years, how do you navigate that, and what kind of combos have you had with them about the music that they may or may not be listening to and the messages that are in the music and, and you know, f- sparking that balance as well?
3: Man, it's a, it's a fine line, not only from the drug use, but also just on the promiscuous uh, promiscuity that we promote in a lot of the music. It's yeah. a lot of... Uh, it's a lot of recklessness that sometimes we, you know, toe the line on, you know what I'm saying, um, I, and a lot of it. And, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is just to be open. I think for sure, you know, this uh, these are conversations I have with my kids about all of this, you know, all these things we talking about and what I tell my kids is, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And some things we don't do, and they, some things are just off limits. You know, yeah, you I might smoke weed. Okay, that's one thing. But, you are not ever going to hear me smoking crack. You, you know, some people do cocaine. We don't do cocaine. You know, we don't do this or that. You know, yeah, I might smoke weed, but that's about going to be about it. You know, you, we might drink a little alcohol here and there, but we, you gotta always know when to say when. And a lot of this is, you know, I, I do admit it's hypocritical on some levels because, you know, there's, there's poisons and all of these things are poisons, but... This is the way that I can just be as honest as I can with my kids about it. You know what I'm saying? And my kids are they're at a, a stage where they're like, Nah, I ain't never gonna smoke weed. I ain't never gonna do this or that. You know, cause I'm cause they see they see a lot of the negative effects of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Not not just weed, but all the things from from pills and this and that. And it's you know it's it's very tough to explain to a child that the doctor said it's okay to take this medicine but you're going to become addicted to it. And then you're going to be taking these pills on the street yeah, every right. day. Uh, but the law say you can't smoke weed, you know, so don't smoke weed. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It, so it, it's it's just, it's a very, it's very difficult to explain to a child and grasp it. When I was a child, I remember as a child being that my father was addicted to heroin and other things. And I, and I, I asked my mom this the other day or, or it was, you know, a year ago now, but, I, asked, I said, what, what was the final straw that made you get a divorce from him for you? And she said that he was a heavy, heavy weed smoker. He smoked weed all day, every day. And a cop moved in next door. And my mama just knew that he was about to go to jail. <laughs> so, and, and she didn't want him to go to jail and all of us to go to jail with him. So she said she made him quit and he wouldn't quit. So she was like, all right, that's it. I'm Enough's enough. Um, but, you know, of course, that resonated with me because, being a heavy serve sipper syrup is an opiate just like heroin although it's a, a mild opiate not not like heroin is but it still is you know uh a opiate and of course being a heavy weed smuggler as well like damn shit you know i see myself going down some similar paths and it you know the, the poison and destruction that was before me is you know is i'm walking down the same path so how can i use that to better myself and at the same time you know stop these things when it comes to my kids i don't want them to Going down the path, you know, as well. But anyway, I was saying that because when I was a child growing up, being being that I saw my my father as being an alcoholic and a, a, a heroin user and drug addict, I we would have to go to Al-Anon and Alateen. These are things that I would have to go to 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 as a, a family member of a drug addict, family member of an alcoholic. So these this is something I was paranoid of for a long time. Like I, you know, I and they use the scare tactics to try to you know, uh, uh, scare you away from me. You think if you, take, if you just sniff a, a, a beer, then you're going to turn into a cracker. Right. That's not how it works. So I, I didn't want to do them type of things, that, that, that type of education with my kids. I didn't want to, I wanted to be open and honest with them. And I showed them, okay, look, this is the person who, you know, drink beer all day like. This is the person who do cocaine all day like. This is the person who smoke weed all day like. This is the person who smoke crack all day like. This is the person who do heroin all day like. This, you know, this is what meth look like. This is what Xanax make you look like. You know, and and you can see you now. Sometimes you just take it one time that ain't gonna kill you, but a lot of times, you know, one time turn into ten, and ten turn into every day. So you know, those are things that you just—I I don't know—I just that—that's the only way I can explain it to my kids is that you know, and a lot of it is hypocritical. Or, but at the same time, I, I explain them the same ways when I talk about eating meat or eating processed food or eating yep. milk or you know these type of things. Just you know, hey, I'm gonna try my best. You know, you might see me eat some tacos and nachos in there but i'm gonna try not to eat too much meat i might eat some ribs every now and then but i'm gonna try not to eat that much pork you know what i'm saying but so this thing moderation yeah moderation is the is the best way in in any of this and i would say the same comes when in the music you know that's about 10 minutes for me to just tell you this (laughs) 10 minutes of a precursor to my to my next answer Uh, (laughs) but for the music it's the same thing of you know, it's a lot of it is in moderation. Every song can't be about smoking weed. Every song can't be about sipping and serve. Every song can't be about having sex. Every song can't be about this. You know, you got to, you know, it's some, it's, it, as an artist, you know, of course we have different lanes we might travel in, but, you know, it's just all in moderation. And I don't know. I look at the music I make as, how can I explain this to my kid? Or even my mama. It's like, you know, that don't mean it got to all be G-rated, but at the same time, it got to be something that, I can make them proud of now i will say that i always been an artist like even in my earlier days with the swisher house back in those days i didn't sip syrup or, or smoke weed at all back in those days so you mm-hmm. know it was just something that you know as i grew as an adult these are things that i tried uh, and then fell in love with but <laughs> back in those days i didn't cuss either so you know it's certain things i didn't do in those days as i was a child and as i grew just certain things changed but at at every time in my life, I always wanted to be somebody that, that my mom would be proud of, and that my kids would one day be proud of. But even then, looking back at some of my music back in those days, man, it was a lot of. I might not have been saying bitch and hoe, but I, it was a lot of massaging this music. It was a lot of things. It's like, damn, man, I was going hard on Sad girls back in the day. <laughs> you know, just whatever. Just, you know, it just it was a lot of things I was I, I I did say in my music that like even though it was it might not have been. I might not have been cussing. I might have said some disrespectful things here and there, but I always try to, you know, for the time it didn't seem like that. But when you go back and listen to you, like, damn, man, I was going, oh, what was I saying? I was tripping. Why was I so tripping? But I I don't know, you know, so some of that is, you know, I kind of grow with the times with it with my music. I've tried to, but. For sure, with my kids, I just try to be completely open and honest with them, and same with my music. Or whatever you hear in my music, that's who I am at the time. If, I, if if I'm my music, I'm not cussing. it because I ain't cussing in real life. And if I'm my yes. music, I'm not sitting Serve. I'm not serving. Serve in real life, you know, you, or, or whatever. But it, you know, you, it's all in moderation. It can't just be all about this or that.
1: How how easy was all that to sink in when you started talking to them about about this stuff? they seem to get it quickly or is it does did it take uh several combos i guess it's an ongoing combo
3: yeah it really is an ongoing combo because especially thinking you know I, I i think back to when i was a child too of uh you know you think you, you got to figure it out you think you know everything right so when you hear things you think no 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 no, you, you're doing it wrong you should be doing it like this because a lot, of, I don't know. Just in, in, in as a child, you don't really understand the world or these type of different things. You know, you know, it's easy to say oh, I'll never do that. You know, when you're never faced with this or that. And I don't mean like, you know, like I don't even mean just with taking drugs or anything like that. I just mean just in every path in life, it's easy to say what you would do or wouldn't do. Until you, it's just like it's easy to say what Tom Brady gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, oh, he need to do this. He need to do that. But I ain't Tom Brady. There's a reason why he's Tom Brady and I'm not, you know, because he's doing those things and I'm not. So it's easy for me to make criticism, of him. it's the same thing with life. So it's all with, as you know, as they grow, it's just an ongoing conversation of trying to be honest with them. And some things is just, you know, aren't allowed. And that's, you know, it, that's because they're just not allowed. You know, but as you get older and, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to overprotect them from things to where when they, of age to make their own decisions to do what they want to do, you know they. It's like Santa Claus or you know the Easter Bunny and things like that. You know I got to keep it real with them uh, on different things, just because if you don't, then when they experience real life, they gonna think you've been lying to them and it's just a, 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 a mistrust. Uh, uh, this, uh, you know, it's, it's just. It, I don't know. It's just it just starts to grow. So I don't know. I just try to be open and honest with them. And I'm not perfect by any means, you know what I'm saying? And that's something that I'm open and honest with them as well with. You know, I make plenty of mistakes and I'm not perfect by any means. So, you know, it's never, uh, I'm the king and you got to follow my rules. Nah, this is a, you know, we got a, a lot of people been before us on this earth and if we're going to continue and, you know, they're, they're a continuation of me and my wife, you know, and if if they gonna continue to grow and grow, our, our family lineage wherever it goes, you know, you, I want them to have a good, healthy, happy life.
0: What what uh, when you look at your career musically, what are there aspects of it that you like? You know, when you're talking to your kids, do they have aspirations to follow kind of in your footsteps musically? And if if that's come up, like, are there any like areas of that career path that you kind of want them to avoid?
3: For sure, they had a the talent too. Um, if that's something they wanted to pursue, they both do. They have the talent. Uh, but, you know, as we all know, it takes a lot more than that. And it's not something I would want for either one of them mm. because it's something where you see, you know, just how hard it is and how long term it is. And, you know, it's a lot of benefits. And I wouldn't trade for the, you know, I, of course, I'm extremely grateful. But I, I see so many broken hearts in this industry, but just all over the world, of people who had aspirations to make it. They gave it their all. They did everything they thought they were supposed to do, and maybe everything they were supposed to do, and just for whatever reason, they don't make it, man. It, you know, it'll break your heart. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And and it's also cutthroat. So, the game will break. People will break your heart. You know what I'm saying? From just Taken from you, so I, you know, I wouldn't want that from them, but I can't protect them from the world. You know, what I'm saying the world is what the world is, I can just try to prepare them for it. You know, even in this, if this is something they wanted to do, I would, you know, I would definitely try to help them. I, I you know, I wouldn't do it for them, yeah. some things I would kind of help them mold them, you know, it, it, but at the end of the day, too, they their own people, too. They not Paul Wall, they not my son, he not Paul Wall Jr., my daughter, she not Paul Wall Jr., they their own people, so you know, what I'm saying I would encourage them to be you know, who they are, not be like a mini version of Paul Wall. You know what I'm saying? But They spent much time in the studio with you? Yeah, they both do. Uh, Well, my daughter do especially. Uh, My son do as well, though. Um, Every now and then I get them in there on a track doing something, you know what I'm saying, just to contribute here and there. You know, so they got their name on a few credits here and there. They own a couple iTunes songs you know what I'm saying, that's dope. make a stunt on their friends at school, uh, but, uh, you know, but for the most part, it's, uh, you know, that's to show them too, like, how really can, how real it can get, like, it's just something you really want to do, you know, it's real, we got the studio, the engineers, producers, the videographers, the directors, photographers, anything it takes, shit, we got it all right here, you know, to do, but it takes more than that, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, the the needle in the haystack, luck of the if is meant to be, it's meant to be. Sometimes it's predestined to be for people who don't have none of that, you know what I'm saying? It's what it's meant to be. So, you know, it's something that they know is there if they so choose it, but they see a lot of what me and my wife deal with too, just the scrutiny of being in the spotlight. And that takes a, uh, you know, it's a, a take a wear and tear on you, especially if you're a young child and having to deal with, you know, what strangers are saying about your parents and then what strangers are saying about you, you know, and it's, it's just something that the world do anyway. They do that about you. If you're famous or you're not famous, people going to talk about you. It's just something you got to learn to deal with and let your, your skin grow thick or learn a way to adjust and avoid it or, or whatever you got to do to in a positive way, move forward from it and not let it bog you down and hold you down of the criticism of others but it's for sure something that they see is there they they recognize in with us and that they see you know because they might be on a picture with us you know a picture of me and my wife and then somebody got something smart to say about you know one of my kids or something and they're like damn that's mean why would people say mean stuff you know things like that, that and even if you, if somebody say a hundred there's a hundred positive comments all it takes is the one negative that stands out like damn you know the whole wall is White, there's one red dot. That red dot is going to stand out.
1: Do you let them have, do they have their own social media accounts? You guys let them do that?
3: Nah, they don't. They don't. I think my son might have just started some, not Reddit, but something like that. He got TikTok. <laughs> nah. nah he, got, uh, <laughs> he got Discord. He got Discord.
0: Oh, okay. The comments, joint. Right.
3: Because I ain't on there. He think I ain't on there till I till I start a ghost account start following him. <laughs> i'm about to make sure make sure you ain't nothing crazy down there no nah. well you know my kids are, uh you know I'm, you know they're stand-up individuals you know what i'm saying they're, they're both we taught them well you know they're both curious as well they they got they they living in the dawn of the internet age so this is a, a teach yourself kind of yeah. age it's definitely a uh it's a you know it's like when you when you're in school you learn about the the Iron Age and the Gold Age and then the then there's the Tech that's Age really. you know all these different things it's, it's really the you know like, that's why I tell them I, I was born before the internet How old are you? I'm older than the internet bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right <laughs> I'm gonna start
0: I'm start saying that 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 that's probably more profound than actually the number
1: yeah. of your age I was born before oh, ATMs yeah. pre internet <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah
3: we flip, phone. flip phones flip phones <laughs> man so so paul
0: paul what what are you doing these days like what what do you what do people need to know about paul wall these days
3: i'm doing my music i got my own studio i you know i put out my music pretty often here i got a lot of music ready to go as well but a lot of it is just me growing as I i i never ever had uh aspirations of one to be a ceo or anything like that or specifically putting out other artists because it's a lot of babysitting you got to do but man it's so much more money to be made when you put out your own music and it ain't all about the money but one thing I I realize is that when you have investors you got outside people putting money up or or doing things with you or working with you they they have their interests, and usually it's a financial interest which means they want to do the things they want to do whatever it takes to sell the most music and make the most money yeah. Well, I, my goal as an artist, especially where I'm at right now, ain't none of that. And I, I'm cool. I mean, of course, I want to make money. But, you know, the art and the culture is more important to to me than just the paycheck, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not trying to make music that is going to sell the most. I'm trying to make music, even if it's for a niche audience, you know, a smaller audiences, the slab community, whatever. I got to, you know, I got to do it for my people. You know, this is what we got to do. Shit, because this is a... Something that I, I really, you know, inspired me to be who I am, jamming screw tapes and riding slab. So it's something that, you know, I hope to continue to pass on. So I'm still putting out music and doing things, but it's more on a local, regional level. Of course, it's independent, but it's, you know, more for my, you know, more for the slab community. I say, you know, I've been doing a few mixtapes here and there, a lot of freestyle mixtapes, kind of how it was back in the day, how I came up on the Swisher house. Mm. Of course, I got a couple, couple albums here and there, all original. You know the joint, me and Static. We just put that out, but for the most part, man, for the most part, I've been kicking back, just and loving being a father and being a husband. But at the same time, you know, I'll be grind. I've been grinding out there doing shows. You know, I ain't, I ain't been uh, slipping at all. I've been on that road completely nonstop, putting music out as well nonstop. But for the most part, I'm just enjoying my life, bro. For real, having a, a great life, man and but before we wrap it up just
1: to touch on the the music that that you've been putting out i, I that's one of the things that i always liked about texas and the hip hop community it always seems that self-sufficient that artists could make a great living like you might not know that an artist is dropping material and make, and making a good living but you can just do it regionally within within your area cuz the the community supports that that seems to have always rang true for for some years now, is that still the the move there?
3: Most definitely. Of course, it takes hard work. You know, it do take yeah. talent. But that's something that Jay Prince showed us a long time ago, man. Jay Prince, Tony Draper, you know, D. ray from Rec Shop, of course. Screw was screwed with the Screwed Up Click, and then Michael watson and G Dash T. Ferris with the Swisher House, man. This is something that you know SPM did it with Dope Houses, man. If you go out there and grind, you put a good product out there, and you work and we, there's definitely a community that will support. And believe it or not, those, the same thing holds true all over the country. It's just it's not the way we expect it. A lot of times we have ex, our expectations get in the way of the blessings that are right there in front of us. Hmm. So we might have a certain expectation that we believe or we think this is how it's supposed to go. This is what people are supposed to you know, do. But the blessing is right in front of our face we don't recognize because we too busy concerned with what we don't have. Um, But, you know, it's funny because people always say, people always tell me, man, we go to Florida, Atlanta, L.A., New York, no matter where we go, people always tell us, man, I wish we could stick together like y'all boys do down at H-Town. But, man, it's so much beefing and inner turmoil (laughs) and jealousy and hatred and, man, crabs in the bucket mentality still, and it always has been in Houston. You know, it just – it's like that in every city, but at the same time, there's there's unity. There's, there's a lot of people in in Houston that support one another. We got each other's back and we lift each other up. You know, there are a lot of people like that. You know, but there's crabs in the bucket as well. But it's it's like that in every city. In Houston yeah. right now, they saying, "Damn man, we need to stick together like they do in Atlanta." Mm-hmm. You see how them boys doing in in Florida, man. That's how we need to stick together. You see how they doing it in L. A. Man in the Bay Area, that's how we need to stick together. That's the same thing they say in the next town. So it's it's just crazy. It's just uh, you know, it it, it, it's there, but you know it's we all want it our way. And if it ain't our way, then all it's you know it's the game fucked up. The game messed up. Right. You know, God got. I'm a firm believer that God got you know a plan for us and. You know, sometimes you gotta follow the path even if you know, if you can't see where you're going, man, you just gotta, you know, even if you're walking in faith. And and I and I'm a front you know, my whole entire show set, every song I do, every concert I do, and I'm doing, you know, the same as you know, two, three concerts a week. So my whole set list is a song every song is a song I wasn't feeling oh, I not know nah, I like this other beat. You know, let's do this other one and you know, the next thing you know, The one I'm not feeling turned into a hit and I'm still doing shows off it. So, yeah, I'm a firm believer in that I can be wrong. I don't, being right is not important. Being successful is what's important. Me being correct about what I think should happen is not the important thing. But to some people, that's the most important thing is them being right. And it's their way or no way. So the ego gets in the way.
0: Well, Paul, man, we, we really appreciate you spending the time with us. It was a, it was a pleasure hearing your story, and uh, we yo, we look forward to hearing more music from you for sure. And, uh, yes, sir. And more, more news on that parenthood. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: for sure, man. Let me know when, when we ready to shoot the movie, man. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I'm ready.
0: Yo, if you can, if you can hang yeah, on real quick for a moment, we just want to get a, a quick Paul Wall drop if you don't mind.
3: For sure, man, for sure. All right,
0: for the rest of y'all, that's another one. Peace.